Chapter Thirteen of Trails End. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Chestnut. Trails End by George W. Ogden. Chapter Thirteen The Hand of the Law. The stars came out over a strange, silent, astonished, confounded, stupefied Ascalon that night. The wolf howling of its revelry was stilled. The clamor of its obscene diversions was hushed. It was as if the sparkling tent of the heavens were a great bowl turned over the place, hushing its stridulous merriment, stifling its wild laughter and dry-throated feminine screams. The windows of Peden's Hall were dark. The black covers were drawn over the gambling tables. The great bar stood in the gloom, without one priest of alcohol to administer the hilarious rites across its glistening altar-boards. As usual, even more than usual, the streets around the public square were lively with people, coming and passing through the beams of light from windows, smoking and talking and idling in groups, but there was no movement of festivity abroad in the night, no yelping of departing rangers. It was as if the town had died suddenly, so suddenly that all within it were struck dumb by the event. For the new city marshal, the interloper as many held him to be, the tall, solemn, long-stepping stranger who carried a rifle always ready like a man looking for a coyote, had put the lock of his prohibition on everything within the town. Everything that counted, that is, in the valuation of the proscribed, and the victims who came like ephemera on the night wind to scorch and shrivel and be drained in their bright, elusive fires. The law long flouted, made a joke of, despised, had come to Ascalon and laid hold of its alluring institutions with stern and paralyzing might. Early in the first hours of his authority, the new city marshal, or deputy marshal to be exact, had received from unimpeachable source no less than a thick volume of the statutes that the laws of the state of kansas which he had sworn to enforce prohibited the sale of intoxicating liquors prohibited gambling and games of chance interdicted the operation of immoral resorts put a lock and key in his hand in short that would shut up the ribald pleasures of ascalon like a tomb as for the ordinances of the city which he also had obligated himself to apply, Morgan had not found time to work down to them. There appeared to be authority in the thick volume Judge Thayer had lent him to last Ascalon a long time. If he should find himself running short from that source, then the city ordinances could be drawn upon in their time and place. Exclusive of the mighty Peden, the other traffickers in vice were inconsequential, mere retailers, hucksters peddlers in their way they were as vicious as unquenchable fire certainly and numerous but small and largely under the patronage of the king of the proscribed peden of the hundred-foot bar and this peden was a big broad-chested muscular man whose neck rose like a mortise beam out of his shoulders straight with the back of his head his face was handsome in a bold shrewd mould but dark as if his blood carried the taint of a baser race. 
he went about always dressed in a long frock coat with no vest to obscure the spread of his white shirt front low collar with narrow black tie done in exact bow broad-brimmed white sombrero tilted back from his forehead a cigar that always seemed fresh under his great mustache this mustache heavy black was the one sinister feature of the man's otherwise rather open and confidence-winning face it was a cloud that more than half obscured the nature of the man an ambush where his passions and dark subterfuges lay concealed peden had met the order to close his doors with smiling loftiness easy understanding of what he read it to mean astonished to find his offer of money silently and sternly ignored peden had grown contemptuously defiant if it was a bid for him to raise the ante morgan was starting off on a lame leg he said ten dollars a night was as much as the friendship of any man that ever wore the color of the law was worth to him take it or leave it and be cursed to him with embellishments of profanity and debasement of language which were new and astonishing even to morgan's sophisticated ears peden turned his back to the new officer after drenching him down with this deluge of abuse setting his face about the business of the night and there self-confident defiance fattened a long time on the belief that law was a thing to be sneered down met inflexible resolution the substitute city marshal had a gift of making a few words go a long way peden put out his lights and locked his doors in the train of his darkness others were swallowed within two hours after nightfall the town was submerged in gloom threats maledictions followed morgan as he walked the round of the public square rifle ready for instant use pistol on his thigh and the blessing of many a mother whose sons and daughters stood at the perilous crater of that infernal pit went out through the dark after him also and the prayers of honest folk that no skulking coward might shoot him down out of the shelter of the night even as they cursed him behind his back the outlawed sneered at morgan and the new order that seemed to threaten the world-wide fame of ascalon it was only the brief oppression of transient authority they said wait till seth craddock came back and you would see this range wolf throw dust for the timber they spoke with great confidence and kindling pleasure of seth's return and the amusing show that would attend his resumption of authority for it was understood that seth would not come alone peden it was said had attended to that already by telegraph certain handy gunslingers would come with him from kansas city and abilene friends of peden who had made reputations and had no scruples about maintaining them as the night lengthened this feeling of security of pleasurable anticipation increased this little break in its life would do the town good things would whirl away with recharged energy when the doors were open again money would simply accumulate in the period of stagnation to be thrown into the mill with greater abandon than before by the fools who stood around waiting for the show to resume and the spectacle of seeing seth craddock drive this simpleton clear over the edge of the earth would be a diversion that would compensate for many empty days that alone would be a thing worth waiting for they said time began to walk in slack traces the heavy wane of night at its slow heels 
for the dealers and sharpers mackerels and frail spangled women to whom the open air was as strange as sunlight to an earthworm they passed from malediction and muttered threat against the man who had brought this sudden change in their accustomed lives to a state of indignant rebellion as they milled round the square and watched him tramp his unending beat a little way inside the line of hitching racks morgan walked away from the thronged sidewalk in the clear where all could see him and a shot from some dark window would not imperil the life of another around and around the square he tramped in the dusty hoof-cut street keeping his own counsel unspeaking and unspoken to the living spirit of the mighty law it was a high-handed piece of business the bleached men and calcimined women declared as they passed from the humor of contemplating seth craddock's return to fretful chafing against the restraint of the present hour how did it come that one man could lord it over a whole town of free and independent americans that way why didn't somebody take a shot at him why didn't they defy him go and open the doors and let this thirsty money-padded throng up to the gambling tables and bars they asked to be told what had become of the manhood of ascalon and asked it with contempt what was the fame of the town based on but a bluff when one man was able to shut it up as tight as a trunk and strut around that way adding the insult of his tyrannical presence to the act of his oppressive hand there were plenty of questions and suggestions but nobody went beyond them the moon was in mid-heaven untroubled by a veil of cloud the day wind was resting under the edge of the world asleep around and around the public square the sentinel of the new moral force that had laid its hand over ascalon tramped the white road rangers from far cow camps disappointed of their night's debauch began to mount and ride away turning in their saddles as they went for one more look at the lone sentry who was a regiment in himself indeed the bleached men begin to yawn the medicated women to slip away good citizens who had watched in anxiety fearful that this rash champion of the new order would find a bullet between his shoulders before midnight began to breathe easier and seek their beds in a strange state of security ascalon was shut up the howling of its wastrels was stilled it was incredible but true by midnight the last cowboy had gone galloping on his long ride to carry the news of ascalon's eclipse over the desolate gray prairie an hour later the only sign of life in the town was the greasy light of the santa fe cafe where a few lingering nondescripts were supping on cove oyster stew these came out at last to stand a little while like stranded mariners on a lonesome beach watching for a rescuing sail then parted and went clumping their various ways over the rattling boardwalks morgan stopped at the pump in the square to refresh himself with a drink a dog came and lapped out of the trough stood a little while when its thirst was satisfied turning its head listening as though it missed something out of the night it trotted off presently in angling gait like a ferry-boat making a crossing against an outrunning tide it was the last living thing on the streets of the town but the weary city marshal who stood with hat off at the pump to feel the cool wind that came across the sleeping prairie before dawn at that same hour 
another watcher turned from her open window where she had sat a long time straining into the silence that blessed the town she had been clutching her heart in the dread of hearing a shot full of upbraidings for the peril she had thrust upon this chivalrous man for he would not have assumed the office but for her solicitation she knew well she stretched out her hand into the moonlight as if she wafted him her benediction for the peace he had brought a great glad surge of something more tender than gratitude in her warm young bosom in a little while she came to the window again when the moonlight was slanting into it and stood leaning her hands on the sill her dark hair coming down in a cloud before her white nightdress she strained again into the quiet night listening and listening smiled then she stood straight touched fingertips to her lips and waved away a kiss into the moonlight and the little timid awakening wind that came out of the east like a young hare before the dawn end of chapter thirteen recording by jeff chestnut